0: All right, we're ready to hear the word. Somebody say word. All right, we've been in this series called Rooted. Somebody say Rooted. And if you notice, if you've been here for a little bit, maybe you've been here for four weeks, maybe you've been here for four months, you notice that Pastor Kevin and Pastor Maria do these segments about four-week series. Have you noticed kind of the sequence of doing monthly series? This one in particular, we're doing it for about two months, and this one is called Rooted, and uh, we've entered into our second month of this series um, intentionally because we believe that the church needs to know our foundational truths. And that's why we've been in this series of really discipling our church and bringing our doctrine to this church. And you've heard many different things. And in particular, last week, I was really blessed that we were unapologetic, that Pastor Kevin was unapologetic about the gifting of tongues and that we live spirit-filled lives. Let me tell you something. That's not something that you hear out in the open anymore. And to be a church that still talks about that, I just want to thank Pastor Kevin for having the audacious and courageous heart to speak his heart into this church. Amen? And uh, who said, what, what was that? To God, be the glory. to God be the glory. Come on now. To God be the glory. So uh, we've, been, we've been in this and we're going to continue in this for the rest of this month. In particular today, I'm excited about speaking about our blessed hope. And if you don't know what that is, I'm going to be talking today about the afterlife and the rapture and what happens after all this is over. And it's going to be an exciting time to get together. Amen. So let's go into the Word of God today. Today I have a teaching TV that's right next to me, and I'm going to use this to be able to teach with you. So you may want to look at the screens. If you're watching from home, you're going to be looking at your screen, like, obviously, right? Um, But I'm going to be using this today to be able to share a lot of Bible verses that are going to give us the foundation to stay rooted in the Word of God, amen? And we're going to learn that Jesus was always talking about what was to come. Because he, was, he spent 33 years here. He didn't come to stay here. He came to establish something, the kingdom of God, so that then we could live this kingdom out and that we could be witnesses to those that needed to know him. I'll tell you this. A lot of religions have come and gone, and a lot of them were started by people that wrote books about themselves. Jesus used people to speak about him. And every single one of these people that wrote in this book called the Bible all correlate and it all comes together through the Holy Spirit to say one thing. That God loved people enough to come down and save them and not give them religion, but give them a relationship. Amen? Amen. But not just to come down, but for one day for all of us to go up with him. Because that's where we're originally from. We're not originally from Kansas or from St. Louis or from New York City or from Orlando, Florida. We just so happen to be born here, but our spirit is not from here. Amen? So that's what we're going to break down today. Somebody say break it down. All right, so our blessed hope. I want to read out of Matthew 24, verses 12 through 14. Look what it says here. It says, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm till the end will be saved. I want to just part there for a moment and just say a couple of things. How many have seen increase and wickedness in the world? It hasn't just been happening in 2020 and 2021. This has been happening for centuries, and it just keeps increasing. But the key here is that he who stands, or that person who stands firm till the end will be saved. And that's something of reassurance for every single one of us, that we have to stay firm in this thing that we call salvation. And listen to this, and this gospel, somebody say this gospel, of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. If there's a beginning, there's an end. If He is the Alpha, He is the Omega. And that which He starts, He will also finish. And if you are in Christ, you get a chance to finish with Him. Amen? Amen. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. And we're living in a world that has grown cold. We're living in in a society that lacks love. You know, just yesterday, last night, uh, we went to dinner with a couple and uh, right before we prayed for our food. Um, The couple that we were with simply asked our server, is there anything I can pray for? And our server literally looked in shock that somebody would ask them if we could pray for them, which shows you the lack of love that this world has. But you and I have the opportunity every single day to share the love of Jesus in a world that just continues to get darker. Now, you may say, Pastor Manny, you're such a pessimist. You keep saying that the world is getting darker. It is getting darker. But listen to this, every day as the world gets darker, it becomes a greater opportunity for us to shine as the church for the world. Amen, amen, amen. So I want to share this. We live in a world that's very distracted. The world is distracted by so many things, by phones, by news, by society, by everything that's going on. But not just distracted, we live in a world that lives consistently depleted. In other words, we're always tired because we're tired of doing so much that many times doesn't have any significance. And the world is looking for purpose, the world is looking for significance, and the world is constantly thriving to do something because they don't know who they are in Christ. So we live this life in many ways that's depleted, but not only depleted, we're living in seasons of much discouragement. We live in a world that's full of discouragement, and many times we are that person that people need to see and hear to bring that encouragement that only comes through Christ Jesus, that only comes through the Word of God. And this is, this is something that you and I can do at any moment. You don't need three years of seminary to be able to do it. You simply got to have a smile on your face and love in your heart to be able to share with people, amen? So let me say this. Luke chapter 21, uh, verse 28, look at what it says. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. So I want to say this, heads up. Heads up. God wants every single one of us to not focus on what's going on in this world, but he wants us to focus on what's going on up there. I was on a plane once, and there was this girl sitting um, on the other side of the aisle, and she, um, the plane, you know, they, they started everything, and they started, the person started speaking on the intercom, and she got her iPad out, and she got her headphones on, and they were talking about turbulence, and she, she was not, she wasn't flinching for a thing. She was the most confident little girl I've ever seen. The plane took off and uh, we we experienced some turbulence and I looked at the girl and she was just fine. I'm I'm telling you, she stayed watching her little cartoon on her iPad and she was just fine. I'm asking myself, where's her mom? Where's her mom? 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 Mom, where are you? Dad, where are you? Nobody was to be found. Nobody was bothering her. She was just in her own little world. All of a sudden the turbulence really got really heavy and they, they turned on the lights to fasten seatbelts. and I looked again at her just making sure she was okay and she was much better off than I was. <laughs> I then asked, once everything calmed down, I asked one of the flight attendants, I said, where's this little girl's parents and why isn't a flight attendant sitting with her? Like she's by herself. And the flight attendant said, she's the pilot's daughter. She's on planes all the time. And I just want to tell you, when you know who your father is, you don't have to worry about the turbulence that's happening right here. You don't got to worry about what's going on in the world. You don't got to worry about what's going on on CNN or on Fox. You just got to sit tight, put on your headphones and read your Bible and know who your captain is. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen? I said I was going to teach and not preach. All right, number one, this is very, very, very foundational. We're going to heaven. We're going to heaven. That's something you could get excited about. That's something you could really take in. We are going to heaven. And I want to talk a little bit about heaven. I want to talk a little bit about something called the rapture. And I really want to give some foundational verses that are going to help you Be able to know what you stand on. And as we leave here today, we're going to get through some clouds. It's going to sound a little dark in the beginning, but I promise you by the end of this message, we're going to be above the clouds. You're going to be taking pictures of everything that you see. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, look at this, look at that. Because the goal of this message is to teach you and to show you what the word says about our future, our blessed hope. And for you to be confident that there's something else that's coming and it's so much better. Amen? So look at this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, it says, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed. Why is he saying that? Why is Paul saying that? He's saying that because in that time, many people were uninformed. Many people did not know or have clarity of what was going to happen next. So he's saying, we don't want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Now, that's very important for me to just pause because we, we we're just coming out of a season of all these different things and people that we've lost, and it's difficult for us. It really is, and I've done more funerals in this year than I've done in 20 years of ministry, and, and I say that d- d- twofold. One, because I have a heart for people, and, and grieving is a real thing. Grieving is a real thing. We all will, at one moment in our life or another, will experience grief. God put those feelings inside of us. But the beauty of it is that we don't grieve like those that don't have a hope. And the beauty of it is that if they are in Christ, we're going to see them again. We're going to see them again. And that's, I, I enjoy weddings as a pastor, but I enjoy, don't judge me for this, I enjoy funerals so much more. Because it's an opportunity not to preach to the corpse, but to preach to the people that are there of what we can expect. Amen? So I just wanted to share that real quick. Look what else it says. For we believe, somebody say we believe, that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe, somebody say we believe, that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that... We who are also still alive, who are left unto the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. I'm going to explain this in a minute. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. What does that mean, Pastor Manny? That those that have already passed away, when that moment of being caught up. another version says when we are caught up, caught up is rapture that's a word called rapture when we are caught up with him the first ones that will rise are those that are dead in Christ I don't know why God just determined that they go first I I guess because they've been laying there for a long time but they go first that's the way he established it All right. but look what it says after that we who are still alive and are left will be caught up, that's the word right there for rapture, caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Oh my gosh, I can't wait for that. If I'm still alive, when that happens, I can't wait to like literally be caught up in the air. Like, can you imagine it? I just, I'm excited about it. Like I've always wanted to fly, so. So, and so we will be with the Lord, listen to this, forever. Isn't that exciting? Like, that's our blessed hope. We know that the rapture will come to pass. The rapture will happen. So, you know the order those that are dead in Christ, they will rise up first, and then we will be caught up with them. In other words, they'll be caught up, and then, like, I'm gonna see my, my grandfather Francisco, like, uh, as we're going up, like, Grandpa. <laughs> like, we're caught up all together. I like that part of all together because the church was always to called to be together. And he's going to bring us all together at the same time. Nobody gets a fast pass. We all go together up with him. Amen? All right. So look what it says. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. That's why I'm sharing this today, because today's the day about about encouragement. We're encouraging one another with these words. Somebody say amen to that? So I, I did put this down, and I did put some Mickey ears on this. Heaven is better than Orlando. I know we love our city, we love Orlando, I love Orlando, we love the amusement parks, we love the entertainment, but, but heaven is better than this. Heaven is so much better than this. The uh, best way I can explain it is this, how many have been to Epcot? Now, Epcot has all these different countries. You can go to to Italy, you can go to Russia, you can go to all these different countries. And you may eat some food that is Italian food in Italy, but you know what? I've been to Italy recently. It's not Italy. (laughs) Like they have an Eiffel Tower, but it's not the Eiffel Tower. (laughs) Right? Uh, you, You may go to Russia, you may go to all these different countries, but these are all replicas of the real thing. Can I tell you that we're living in a replica of the real thing. So don't fall in love with all these things. I'm not saying to not establish, to build, to start your businesses. Do it because you're practicing so that that moment when you reign with Jesus, you do it well. But do not fall in love with these things because this is just a replica of the real thing that's coming down to us. Amen? Now, when I grew up, they taught this where, I mean... I'm going to be very frank with all of you. My, I was being taught that in the year 2000, Jesus was coming. So I, I got married in 1999. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Like I said, Lord, I know you're coming in 2000, but I got I, I to gotta, I gotta do something before you come. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. All right, Here, listen to this. I want to share this with you. I want to share this with you. It's a timeline of what's to come. First of all, we know that Jesus came down. Somebody say, Jesus came down. He spent 33 years here, and in those 33 years, he came to die to give us salvation. Jesus literally means salvation, our Savior. And so he comes down, so we have the cross. And then after that, um, we had Pentecost. And Pentecost happens, and the Holy Spirit comes down, and the Holy Spirit is now with us till this day, and uh, we're living in something called the dispensation of grace, which means that we all get a chance to be saved, not just the Jews, but we as Gentiles get a chance to be a part of this thing called salvation. But not only that, we get to live with the Holy Spirit within us. The same Spirit that was in Jesus is in us. Amen? So that happened, Pentecost, but and then something else is going to happen that has not happened yet, and that's the rapture. Somebody say the rapture. We just spoke about the rapture, so we can expect that this day will one day come. Pause. So, Pastor Manny, when is it going to happen? I don't know, but this is my counsel to you. This is my advice to you. Live today like if Jesus was coming right now. But live your life like if Jesus was, you don't know when he's coming. In other words, don't stop living because you're expecting Jesus to come at any moment. Don't start stop building because you're expecting Jesus to come any moment. Don't start establishing the kingdom here, building your businesses, building your families. Keep that going, but live a prepared life internally in your heart as if Jesus was coming at any moment. Amen. So, so the rapture, and then. Then we have three-and-a-half years of tribulation and three-and-a-half years of great tribulation. In the second half of those three-and-a-half years, uh, we have the Antichrist and we have all this other stuff. We have uh, the, the four horsemen and we have all these plagues and all this ugly stuff that you and I will not experience. Now, I say that because something's going to happen during these seven years, and it's that we're going to be in the bridegroom's supper up in heaven celebrating with Jesus. In other words, we're going to be in this wedding party where we're going to be partying. You notice eating? <laughs> partying. Like, we're going to be together celebrating with Jesus in the great bridegroom's party, the great bridegroom's uh, uh, supper. And that's something that we all together get to participate in. Now, I just want to say something about the seven years. If you study Hebrew culture, weddings in Hebrew culture were about seven days. They lasted seven days. And, the, and the, Bible, uh, the Bible, but Hebrew culture shows this, that it was the, the, the job of the man to go find a habitation for that woman. And the man would go and prepare a place so that when it was time to get married, he would bring that woman after seven days of celebrating together with community in that marriage to bring him to that place that he prepared. Now I wanna share some verses with you in just a moment, but notice that I did the second coming here with, a, I, I could not find a better representation, so I used mobile Gas's logo. So. <laughs> partly because I love Pegasus, and I know they're not in the Bible, but Jesus is coming back down on a white horse. I hope, he had, I hope it has wings. I'm just saying. So, so, so the second coming happens, and when the second coming happens of Jesus, now let me pause. The rapture is not the second coming. The second coming is not the rapture. It's very important that I say that because the rapture is being caught up with him. We celebrate seven years. Then we come down with all of the saints back down and we reign here on earth for a thousand years. That means that the new Jerusalem is going to come down over Israel and Jesus will reign on his throne over all of the world. I love that. We get to reign with Him. We get to live with Him. We get to be with Him for those thousand years. Then the end comes. Then eternity comes. Then the new world comes. And we get to... That's where the Lion and the Lamb get to lay together. That's where we see all of this come to pass. In other words, our life here is limited, but our life in Christ is eternal. So live for eternity. Live knowing that although I'll spend 70 to 100 years here on earth, I have a greater life out of this world, amen? All right, look what Revelation 21 verses four to five says, "'He will wipe every tear from their eyes. "'There will be no more death, no more mourning, "'no more crying, no more pain, for the order of, of, of these things, "'the old order of these things has passed away.'" Can you imagine a day like that? A day where there won't be any more grief, any more pain. It's all gonna pass away, all the new is gonna come. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down for the words are trustworthy and true. We can believe what Jesus is saying. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Now I'm going to pause here and say, read this. Because now Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And in him speaking with his disciples, he's going to share some things with them of what's to come. Because obviously they wanted Jesus to establish the kingdom there. Like they were they were getting ready for a revolution. They were expecting Jesus to like cause this great revolution in their time. And Jesus is letting them know, hey guys, I know you want me to be like your great revolutionary leader, but this is going to take longer than what you expect. In fact, this might outlive you, what's about to happen. And he tells them to not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God. You also believe in me. Listen to this. My father's house has many rooms. There's versions that say mansions. If that were not so, would... I have told you that that I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back. He's coming back. I'll be back. He's coming back. He's coming back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Remember what I said about Hebrew culture? Seven days, the groom would go and prepare a place. That's what he's doing. He's going to prepare a place like a groom for his bride. So listen. Look at this. You know the way of the place where I am going, Thomas. And look what Thomas said. You know everybody. You know Thomas, doubting Thomas, like he's the one that said, "Show me it's you." Like take off your shirt. Show me. Show me. Show me your scars. Right? Look what Thomas said. Thomas said to him, "Lord, we do not know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Like we don't know the navigation. So give us. Like, like can you can you send us to your location?" You ever done that on your phone, like you shared your location with someone? He's like, can you share your location? And I love Jesus' response, because look what Jesus says. Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. Right? And I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's, you know, we we read that, and I'm sure you've read that before, but the reason he's sharing that with the disciples is because... He is the way. He is the gatekeeper. It's, it's only through Him. It's not through Buddha. It's not through Muhammad. It's not through all these other Indian gods. It's not through any of that. It's through Him. If we want to have eternal life, we got to find it in Jesus. Amen? So that's real important that we share that. All right, number two, we're not going to suffer the wrath of God. That's very important that I share that because we believe as a church that The rapture happens, then the tribulation comes. God would not allow his people, his church, to suffer the wrath. He suffered the wrath so that we didn't have to. That's very important that I share that. Because there's other doctrines that you will hear of mid-tribulation or post-tribulation or that we will be in there through all of it. Why would such a good God want his people to suffer so much? He paid the ultimate price so that we didn't. Right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna break that down now. Look, so look at what Romans 1.18 says: the wrath of God. Somebody say the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Now, we I don't want to be one of those that suppress the truth of God. Because there's, there's, there's a judgment coming for those, amen? So, so look what else it says in Romans 5, 9, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? In other words, this is the contract. Jesus literally went to the Father and said, all right, let's make a deal. I'm going to pay the price through my blood so that they don't have to suffer this wrath. That's what happened, and the Father and Jesus made this deal, and therefore, the wrath is not for you and I. The wrath is for those that do not know or accept or reject Jesus. Now, 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 11. We're going to read a lot. Are you guys ready to read? Now, look what it says. Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you. In other words, don't worry about when it's going to happen. Don't go on YouTube looking to find out when it's going to happen. And I'm going to explain why we don't need to worry about that in a minute. Right? For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. He's not a thief. He's going to come like one. In other words, you don't know when it's going to happen. It's just going to happen. right? And look what it says. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly. In other words, look out for that when that starts to happen. Yeah, because that's, when, that's when the end will come. As labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. I just want to say this, I believe that our world, our society is showing real big right now. And the labor pains are real big right now. And although we don't know when the baby's coming, we know the baby's coming. right? I didn't know when MJ, my son, or Alexander were going to be born, but when Mimi started doing... And she was like, baby, 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 get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go. I like, Where are we going? Where are we going, Where are we going? And I remember going to the hospital, and she was, the doctor said, You gotta walk because she's not ready to give birth yet. So we went out to the hallway and she was holding on to my jeans, and I forgot to put on a belt, and she was hold, pulling my jeans down. I'm like, and I was like, baby, my jeans are falling, my jeans are falling, my jeans are falling. I knew that the baby was not here yet, but the baby was coming. Can I tell you, we don't know when Jesus is coming Well, we know that he's coming soon. Amen. Listen to this, but you brothers and sisters are not in darkness, so that this day should not surprise you. In other words, we're going to know, we're going to see the signs of when Jesus is coming. Like a thief, you are all children of the light and children of the day. So we do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. That's very important for us, for us to be able to take in and understand. I'm going to keep reading. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. This is the same one that wrote Ephesians 6. He's just using it in a different context of eschatology or end times. He uses it in Ephesians 6 as spiritual warfare. He uses it here for the coming of Jesus Christ. In other words, for the coming of Jesus, we got to have the full armor of God as well. Amen. All right, so for God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So I really want to establish this, the wrath is not for those that are in Christ Jesus. Somebody say amen to that. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. That's what he always wanted. He always wanted a family. Since the book of Genesis, God wanted a family and that's what he wants to bring us back to, to bring us together with him. Therefore, encourage one another. There it is again. Encourage one another. That's what, that's what we're doing here today. Encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Thank you, Paul. You didn't know I was going to be doing this now, but that's what we're doing. We're encouraging one another with what's to come in the future. So I really want to settle this in for us, and you may, you may want to write this down. For those who know God, this is as bad as it gets. It only gets better. Amen. That's real important that I stop there and just say that. For those that know God, this is as bad as it gets. It only gets better. Now, here's the bad news. For those who don't know God, this is as good as it gets. It only gets worse. Now, somebody's like, oh, my gosh, like that is so negative on a Sunday morning. Why would you even say that? Because in order for you to accept the good news, you got to know the bad news. You, you, you don't know you need good news if you don't know what the bad news is. And you may be sitting here and you may not know who Jesus is, but I want to tell you this, and I tell you this with love, you need to know him, you need to accept him. Because he always wanted to save you from the beginning. But you got to accept him and love him and just bring him into your heart so that you don't have to live like those that reject him. Because this is as good as it gets for those that don't know Christ. It's only going to get worse. Amen? So number three, and I finish with this, we are at the doorstep of a great revival. I want to declare that today. I really believe in my heart that before Jesus comes back for his church, there's going to be such an outpouring of the Holy Spirit over the world. That people are going to experience supernatural power, and it will only be those that say no to Jesus that will reject Him. But the gospel will be spread through every nation, through the Amazon, through the Congo River, through every continent of the world. Like the Holy Spirit is just going to wrap the world with His presence, and only those that say no to Him and reject Him are the ones that will experience the wrath of God. But it's good news for us because we believe that God's going to bring such a great revival over Orlando and all over the state of Florida and all over the nation of America and all over the world that we're going to be a part of it before Jesus comes back for His church. Do you believe that? I really do. I really do. And it's important that I say this. I've been hearing this for a long time, but I believe it more now than ever. I believe in more now than ever because I believe that God is doing something big in our world and God is really bringing uni- unification into the church. He's unifying us as, as one body. See the bride has to mature into what God called it to be. And as long as the bride doesn't know its identity, it's not ready for marriage. Because at the end, marriage requires responsibility. He's bringing us into him. So it's not about this denomination and this church and the way this method and they turn on candles and we lift our hands. It's about all of us coming up together under one name, the name of Jesus, and if he be lifted up, he will draw all men near. Now I grew up when my pastor was saying that only Pentecostals were going to heaven. And I was like, wow, that's going to be a small group of people. I believe all those that confess Jesus as Lord and Savior shall be saved. Now, now, that doesn't mean that you and I have something that we can share with those that don't have the Holy Spirit. I was just in a meeting this week with somebody, and uh, they're of the Catholic faith, and I love the brother. He's a good friend of mine. We're getting ready to do some great things in the city. But all I did was pray for for our lunch. And he was like, oh, gosh, like, what did you just do? I said, what are you talking about? He he was like, I just felt something as you prayed for our our lunch. I said, I just prayed for the lunch. I literally just prayed for my chicken Caesar salad. (laughs) He said, no, 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 there was something on that prayer. And then I told Pastor Kevin another day, I said, you know, I think we take for granted being spirit-filled. Because there's people that don't have what you have. And it all it takes is a touch, all it takes is a conversation, all it takes is a prayer for them, too, to be filled and imparted with the Holy Spirit. All right. So I want to share this real quick because this really touched me. Um, the world, for the last 2,000 years, we've gone through... All these peaks and valleys of Christianity—we've we've gone through uh, the great persecution of the early church. We saw the church become institutionalized by Constantine. Then we saw the great Reformation that happened with Martin Luther and all the great reformers. And then we saw Pentecost happen again. Uh, camp meetings happening in the 1800s, early 1900s. William Seymour comes and he experiences the Pentecost, and and all these other people experience Pentecost. And then the first for the first time in a long time, just just many nations, many diver- diversity happening in the Apostolic Church of Jesus street, and then here we are uh, post all of that, and we're living in a new season that needs a great revival, needs a great awakening. We saw the charismatic movement during the 60s and 70s, which this part church was a part of as well. And, and I just want to say this because in April 1966, Time Magazine published a magazine that said that God was dead. They, they literally published an article, like a long article about how religion was dead in America. And, and they, they, they basically were saying in the article that the, the church no longer had any influence, the church no longer had power, that uh, Judeo-Christian values on TV no longer mattered because we were entering into a new era uh, in society. And during that same time, the Cold War is happening, and in the Cold War happening, the Soviet Union is the first one to get into space, and and there was an astronaut named uh, Yuri Garrison, Yuri Garrison, that went up to space, and he, he says that he looked and looked and looked and noticed that there was no God. And that became the propaganda of the Soviet Union to really sell atheism in their country. But not only that, for us as a nation to listen to that and also believe it. But something was happening in our nation at that same time and it was that there was a rising generation of young people that were hungry for the presence of God. And and, and what happened between 1966 and 1971 was that there was a great thing called the Jesus revolution, the Jesus movement causing the same magazine publisher, Time Magazine that in 1966 said that, is God dead? In 1971, they published a book or they published a magazine saying, The Jesus Revolution. And in that, I want to read to you what they wrote. Because this is very important for even us right now. Because I believe God is speaking to our church and God is going to use our church as a catalyst for the next great revival that's going to happen in Orlando. Look what they said. They said, Jesus is alive and well and living in the radiant spiritual fervor of a growing number of young Americans. Listen, if anyone Mark clearly identifies them, it is either total belief in an awesome supernatural Jesus Christ, not just a marvelous man who died and lived 2,000 years ago, but a living God. This is not Charisma Magazine saying it, this is not a Christian book saying it, this is Time Magazine declaring that the Jesus Revolution was happening and that God was alive and well. Now why do I share this? I share this because I am the fruit, and many of you are the fruit of this Jesus Revolution. My dad was a coke addict, he was a cocaine addict living in the streets of New York City, and he got saved during this great revolution during this great revival happening. And because of this revolution, this drug addict that was, was just, just, just doing all the things that he shouldn't have been doing, got saved at a revival and three years later became a pastor. And I was then 18 months of age when he became the, a pastor in New York City. How does that happen? Through a revival. And why am I sharing this with you right now? Because even this church was a part of this great revival. This church was a part of Jesus festivals happening all over central Florida. I mean, I'm talking about hundreds of thousands of people coming together under tents to experience the power of God. I'm not talking about institutionalizing the church. That's already been done. God's not looking for more people sitting in four walls. I'm talking about a movement that comes out of this building and starts impacting the marketplace and starts impacting schools and starts impacting all over the city of Orlando. And it's gonna happen, whether you wanna be a part of it or not, the revolution is coming, the revival is coming to Orlando. Because look at, our grandkids need what's gonna happen right now. If the Lord tarries, I want my grandkids to talk about. I am a product of the revival of 2022. I'm the product of revival of 2023. I'm the. Pro- we need a next generation to rise up, believing in the supernatural power of God, not just what they told us about Him, but that we experience it ourselves. I don't want to hear the stories anymore. I don't want to hear about how God did it. I want to see God do it now. Because Jesus is coming back. And he's coming for a glorious church. He's coming for a victorious church. He's coming for a Spirit-filled church. He's coming for a church like you and I. I'm almost finished. I'm almost finished. I just want to share something. I feel the Holy Spirit in this place. I promised myself I would teach, but I really feel that on me. Listen. We may be thinking that ministry is going to come from the stage down. In this season, ministry is coming from the rows up. And God's going to give everyone a platform to share Jesus. Your platform may, may not be as big as this, but your platform may be the size of your cubicle at work. But it's going to be the place that God gives you to share the gospel with someone. Listen, you're not going to have to just come here for ministry, you're going to bring ministry everywhere you go. That's the beauty of the revival that God is bringing. And this is why I know this, because this is about to happen. Joel chapter 2, 28, 29, 32, after it I will pour, after what? After all this, I will pour out my spirit on only the young people, is that what it says? I will pour my spirit only over those that know all the hymn books, is that what it says? I will pour my spirit on all people. I love this part because there's diversity and who's gonna get it? There's diversity, it's not just one gender, it's not just one age group. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. I declare that even tonight, your sons and daughters are gonna wake up saying, Mom, I had a dream. I had a vision of something happening. I believe that God is about to do something. Even on my servants, listen to this, both men and women. Now this was written hundreds of years ago. I will pour out my Spirit in those days and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Can you stand up in this place? Somebody say, heads up. Don't focus on what's happening here, heads up. Don't focus on the sickness happening here, heads up. Don't focus on pandemics or recessions, heads up. Don't focus on divorce and trauma, heads up. Focus on what God is about to bring in your life because He's coming soon, but He's looking for a glorious, glorious, powerful church. That's you and I, that's you and I. And I want to do an altar call, and we're going to do an altar call for salvation, but I believe this is one of those altar calls that we should all come up and just be reminded. Like we should all be right here, saying, God, come, 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 come quickly. That we may just cry out to God, Lord, come quickly. That we don't have to wait for you, but Lord, come quickly. That's what the Book of John says, come quickly. But more important that we could experience the revival that God wants to bring in our families, the revival God wants to bring in your marriage, the the revival that God wants to bring in your children that are wayward and lost. I believe that before we reach the city, God wants to reach your family. When you look at the Bible and you look at the, 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 the Gospels, families were reached and saved first before cities. And God wants your family members to know who Jesus is. So if you want to come up here right now and just declare over those children and declare over those family members and pray together at this moment, I just invite you, I invite you, I invite you, I invite you to just declare and just believe God for the coming of Jesus Christ. But more importantly, that we can experience the great revival that's going to come. There's people in this church that were part of that great Jesus movement. Jim Norman left a Methodist church for this spirit-filled church. BD left a Methodist church for this spirit-filled church. Uh, AB and Billy left wherever they were. I know he was in drugs and a hippie with long hair, right? And you left all of that because of the Jesus movement that was happening here. I believe there's a cry in the people of God. I believe there's a cry in the people of God. There's a cry for the nations. There's people that God are going to send out to, to different nations as missionaries from this house. Because you carry the DNA of Calvary. You carry the love reach, equip of Calvary. God's going to put a burden in your house for Singapore, a burden in your heart for Congo, a burden in your heart for El Salvador, a burden in your heart for all these different countries that need salvation. God's going to give burdens for people here in the marketplace and in city. God's going to touch Sweden, and God's going to touch all these different countries with the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's hear the cry of the people. Exodus chapter 3 says that when God called Moses... The Bible says, and I have heard the cry of my people, and therefore I choose you to be my deliverer. God hears the cry of His people. He hears the cry of His people. He hears your cry. He hears your cry. He hears your cry. I just want to say that. He hears you. He hears you. And He's given us a deliverer. His name is Jesus Christ. He's given us a deliverer. If you can lift your hands right where you are, we're part of a glorious church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Oh, come hell, come high water. Oh, yeah, 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 it's going to come. But guess what? We stand confident because the gates of hell will not prevail against the church oh that's not a defensive movement that's an offense we're we are on the offense the gates of hell will not prevail against us the church of Jesus Christ we're standing on the right rock Jesus Christ so father God we bless you we thank you and we give you this moment God, we, your church, are standing on the shoulders of patriarchs that came before us. We stand on the shoulders of Billy Grahams and and and, and, and 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 all these different people, God, that, that the Reinhard Bonnke's and, 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 and all these leaders that led us to this moment. But God, all of them are no longer with us. They've moved on into heaven. So God, where are the next evangelists? Where are the next pastors and preachers and missionaries? God, they're among us even right now. They're in this room and they're in the rooms of many other church buildings. And God, while we have been entertained by simple music and simple sermons, God, all over the place, God, you are causing us a revolution in our hearts to not be satisfied with the status quo, but to be changed by a movement that takes us out of here and moves us into the marketplace, moves us into the mission field, moves us to be light in the midst of darkness. Lord, that we may be rooted in your word. And as Pastor Kevin shared last week about being filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues, I pray that people that have never experienced that may be filled with your Holy Ghost. But not only filled, God, that that we may be sent, that that we may be able to go. So I pray for family members of this house. I pray for people even in this house right now that are hearing the teaching and preaching of the word of God. And God, it's stirring in their spirit. They're they're convicted, not not condemned. They're convicted by your Holy Spirit because you didn't come to condemn the world. You came to save it. But they're convicted in their spirit and in their hearts. God, to know that their their, their change is required. So God, I pray for every single soul in this place that needs to get right with you. I pray for the backslider that's been, been vacillating and playing with you, living in sin and living out of it. Living as a hypocrite, one thing on the outside and something else in darkness. I pray for that person that's struggling with that. I pray for a confidence that only comes from you. Lord, I pray for the sinner that didn't even know they needed a savior, but they found out today. And Lord, it's as simple as them accepting you and loving you and knowing you as savior. But I also pray for the person that started with a fire in their heart and has become religious with their actions. Lord, I pray for that person that simply comes and goes but has done nothing with it. In fact, they've grown disgruntled with it because they don't know what to do. But God, you're calling us for such a time as this. I pray for those gray-haired leaders and mature leaders to be able to bring up young Timothys. I pray for for Lydia's to bring up young people, God. I I pray for women to bring up young Timothys. Uh, I pray for mothers and grandmothers to raise up a next generation. Lord, that you may bring them into this house, but not only bring them, develop them in this house, to then for us to send them out, God. And lastly, God, I pray your Holy Spirit to just come like a blanket over this house. I pray a fresh wind of fire. I'm I'm praying right now that the Holy Spirit just comes over you, like a fresh wind, like a fresh, like li- rivers of living water just bubbling your in your tummy, just bubbling you that you start speaking a tongue you've never spoken before. That's what I'm declaring. Be baptized in the Holy Spirit right now be baptized in the Holy Spirit even right now be filled with the Holy Ghost even right now be filled with the Holy Spirit right now you're watching right now you're watching from home and you're saying this is not for me I'm not in the room, listen, listen, listen listen Linda, this is for you as well God is speaking into you right there in that bedroom He's speaking to you in that car He's speaking to you in that living room and He's saying that the Holy Spirit is coming your way right now right now We pray this, that God may raise up godly women and godly men and people that would love you and change the world with your righteousness. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. With all heads bowed, I want to ask for those that need to know who Jesus is in this place. You've heard the message of salvation. You've heard the gospel. You've heard what's to come. But right now, God's tugging on your heart. And you may may want to say today, Pastor Manny, I want to Know who this Jesus is. See, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's the reality, all of us. Not one person is exempt. But Jesus came to give us life and life in abundance. The enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. But he came, John 5, 5, to give us life and life in abundance. Therefore, you can experience the same thing many people have experienced here. That the old may be erased and washed away. That he makes you as white as snow. And then he gives you a new life through him. In other words, a new creation in Christ Jesus. And that happens this simple, you saying yes to Jesus. Say, I accept Jesus as my only and exclusive savior. I want to accept him. I want him to write my name in the book of life. So when that day comes, like I showed you in the timeline, I may be on the roster. If you're here right now and you want to accept Jesus, I want you to just raise your hand all over this room. Just raise your hand. I see a hand lifted over there. Is there anybody else? Anybody else that says, Pastor Manny, I wanna, I wanna know this Jesus. I wanna accept Jesus today. I wanna accept Jesus. I, I wanna accept Jesus. There's so, I see another one all the way in the back. God bless you. Is there somebody else that says, I wanna know Jesus. I, I wanna, I wanna follow Jesus. Is there anybody else that says, I wanna know Jesus. I wanna know Jesus. I'm scanning. I'm scanning. I see well, another one right here. There's three. Is there anybody else that says, I wanna know Jesus. I wanna know Jesus. Can we give it up for these three? Listen, this is what the Bible says. The Bible says that anytime one soul gives their life to Jesus, listen to this, like the angels go to Party City and like buy the biggest balloons for you. Like they don't go to Party City but they create a big banquet and party for you, celebrating that another one has entered into the kingdom of God. So we're celebrating with you right now. But we want you to pray this prayer with us. Can you pray this with us? And all of us together are going to pray with you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your salvation. Today, I've made the biggest decision of my life. I've chosen to follow you. I've chosen to accept you as my only and exclusive Savior. Wash my sins away. Make me new. Write my name in the book of life so that I can spend eternity with you. God, I now invite your Holy Spirit to dwell within me. I welcome him right now. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. And everyone says, amen. Amen, Amen. let's celebrate that. Listen, if you made that prayer today, we believe that you are saved and God loves you. You may be watching and you made that prayer. We love you, we want to follow up with you. For those that did that in this room, We have a team right over here, a starting point to my right, to your left. They love to connect with you. They love to follow up with you and show you what your next steps are in your walk with Jesus. So you could do that in this place right now. How many were blessed today? Were you blessed through the worship, through the Word, through ways of engagement and connection through events that are upcoming in our church? I want to bless you as you head out. Lift your hands for the blessing. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you. May his mercies go with you as you enter into the marketplace. And may his peace be with you. We love you. See you guys next week. And somebody to church next Sunday. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 1030 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening, and God bless.